you have a lesson there in verses 24 and 25 bring us to the end of our study of the epistle of Jude. It really is hard to believe we started in 2021 and we, we take breaks, you know, obviously we'll have missions conference and uh, summer break and things like that, but uh, obviously we have our monthly midweek missionary prayer meetings, but we started in, in 2021, so it is my hope and prayer that these lessons have been profitable to you and strengthen you in your faith. You know, that's what the book of Jude is all about. It's about contending for the faith. You can't contend for the faith if you don't know what the faith is. Amen? Uh, and then in verse 3 tells us a word to earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. Verse 4 says, because why? Because some crept in unawares. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, I, I think about how sin is on the march. It is, it, it's not passive. I, I really, sin and, and societal sin, it is like a malignant cancer. It's never passive and it eats up uh, everything around it. And that's the way uh, things are getting. And by the way, that's exactly what Jude warns us about. He said, remember, just go back just a few verses there. And again, I know a lot of you have been in this. Uh, verse 17 uh, of Jude. He says, But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time. Now I know, theologically, we've been in the last time ever since Pentecost. I understand that. But here's the thing about that. We're 2,000 years further into the last days. We're in the last minutes of the last days, amen? And he says, that just like there were mockers then, there are mockers now, and the closer you get to the coming of the Lord, there'll be more and more mockers. And he says in verse 19, These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. So, again, we hope that these lessons that you would be strengthened in your faith. You would know what you believe. And you would know, have the strength to stand in the evil day. And as Ephesians says, having done all to stand, stand therefore. We've taken our title for our last study from the last word of this blessed epistle of comfort. And it is the word Amen. So be it. That's what amen means. So be it. What in these verses, in verses 24 and 25, what in these verses would cause Jude to say amen? As we close out this epistle, the first thing we see is Roman numeral number one. We see the preservation in verse number 24. Look at it again with me. It says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. Aren't you glad that you don't keep you from falling? Miss Peggy, aren't you glad? <laughs> Poor Miss Peggy's been struggling recently, just physically, physically falling. 
That's frustrating. That's ever happened to you. I remember one time I had vertigo. One time. I, I, they always tell you not to do this. I've been doing it since I was a kid, I wanted, and I knew it was going to catch up with me one day. Whenever I get all stuffed up, I mean, you feel like you got fists in your, your uh, sinus cavity, I will almost always just equalize the pressure in my sinus. Just go. You kind of almost blow your nose into your thumb or into your fingers. And they all, the doctor, don't do that, the doctor says. And again, Miss Tish, I know I shouldn't, but I, I'm, and I did it one time and I realized why the doctor said don't do that. Because the entire room went, woo, 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 and I just happened to be right next to my bed, and I dropped face first on my bed, thankfully. Because there's not always a bed there for you to hit. Amen. <laughs> I think about that. I think about when uh, uh, um, you're first learning to ride the bike. We've got some of the kids uh, up at the campground there. Uh, I think little Henry is learning to ride his bike. And, and Brother Tom, he's fallen a couple times. And it can be a frustrating thing to fall. Here's the importance of reading Jude. Because you know what apostasy is? Apostasy is a falling away from truth. It's what's known as the great falling away. But here's what God says about you and I. Those of us that are saved, those of us that have the Holy Spirit, it says he is able to keep you from falling. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1 there. You see it uh, listed here. Uh, it's just a few pages back in your Bible. You got uh, Jude and 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and then 2nd Peter, 1st Peter chapter 1. And go there. Great verses. Ugh. <clears throat> it says, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. By the way, that's the difference between Christianity and every other religion. Hope. Hope in a risen Savior. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. How about that? That's some good stuff right there. And then it says this, who are kept by their own power. Is that what your King James Bible says? No. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So, in your outline, 1 Peter 1, 3-5, and our text teach that we are preserved by God. Brother Merrill knows this, that when the deacons were looking for a pastoral candidate almost 14 years ago now, they asked in their questionnaire, their 35-page questionnaire, 35-page questionnaire. Brother Downing, you had it easy, I can tell you that right now. I almost knocked my head against the wall filling that thing out. One of the questions was, do you agree with everything in our Constitution? 
And Brother Hauser, I said, no, because I read it. There was a couple things in there that I didn't agree with. And one of them was a statement that was, it, it's this. It said, we believe all true believers persevere unto the end. And, and Brother Bryce, I said, that's incorrect. They said, all believers are preserved by God. We don't hang in there. We got somebody hanging on to us. There's a big difference in those two. And what it was is that was just an old doctrinal statement that was taken years ago, uh, probably out of the church manual, Brother Swaffer. <laughs> that was in there, just an old statement. I said, that was one of the things. I said, that, that, I, don't, I don't agree with that. Because I believe the Bible teaches that believers don't persevere. They're preserved. They are kept by the power of God. It was Spurgeon that said, if children of God could stray away, my soul would be lost 10,000 times a day. Thank God it's not up to me. I ha my job was to believe. His job is to keep. Amen. So uh, what a word of comfort this is, verse 24, particularly in light of what Jude teaches concerning the eternal destruction of apostates. Okay? A Christian, and this is so important, if you get nothing else from these lessons and you get this, you will benefit. A Christian cannot be an apostate. We are preserved by God. I've had people through the years ask me, ask me about devils, demons. They've asked me about demon possession. Brother Boston, that's a serious subject. I mean, it's heavy. And they'll say, I trusted Christ as my Savior. Can I be demon-possessed? And my answer to that is absolutely not. Why? Because you have the Holy Spirit who has sealed you, who will be with you to the day of redemption. And I want to tell you this, the last place a devil or a demon wants to be is anywhere near the Holy Spirit. It's simple uh, spiritual physics. Two, two, two uh, different things can't occupy the same space. Amen? So Jude teaches, or Jude, a Christian cannot be an apostate. We're preserved by God. And I have a, a great quote here by Clarence Sexton, just a, really a definition of an apostate. An apostate is not someone who is saved and then loses his salvation because that is an impossibility. The Lord saves us and keep us safe. Now, the apostate many times is a professor, meaning he or she professes Christianity, but they do not possess the Holy Spirit. And they have sinned him away. So, in our text here, God is not only able to keep you saved, I love this, but can also can is able to keep you from what? Falling. The Greek word here is uh, aptaistos, aptaistos. You see it there. And it is only translated this one time in your King James Bible, once. And here's what it means. It means not stumbling, standing firm, and I, here it is, exempt from falling. And again, you have to read this in its context. 
He's been talking about apostates who have fallen away, who have sinned away their day of grace. And he says, you, beloved, that's not you. Boy, that encourages me, Miss Robin, amen. Because, listen, I know that in me, that is in my flesh, like Paul said, dwelleth no good thing. I know who I am. I know who God saved 28 years ago, and I know how rotten I am today. Sin I had to confess. But here's what it says. It means here that he's able not only to keep us saved, but to keep us from falling, not stumbling, standing firm, exempt from falling. The apostate hears the word, sets aside revealed truth, and therefore stumbles. Now, this, it's important that you get this. This is not an endorsement of the doctrine of sinless perfection. There are, there are people who believe that once you get saved, you can actually attain a state of sinless perfection. And my answer to them, Bryce, if they ask me, have you achieved a state of sinless perfection? I was like, not as long as you see flesh hanging on me. You know when I'm going to achieve that state is when God says, come up hither. Hallelujah. What a day that's going to be when we won't have to battle against sin anymore. This is not an endorsement of sinless perfection, but rather lets the Christian know that while they may temporarily stumble in this earthly pilgrimage, God will eternally keep him from falling. And I have a cross-reference I want you to write down there. Write down Psalm 3724, and then let's go there. Psalm 3724. Great chapter of the Word of God. You can start a little further down there in verse 22 of Psalm 37. It says, For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delighteth in his way, though he fall. So you know what that tells me? If you read this in its context here, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, but sometimes he stumbles along this way. How many of you got that figured out after you got saved? You weren't, you weren't saved very long, and then all of a sudden, sin reared its ugly, ugly head, and you thought, hey, I thought I was done with that. You stumbled. But you got up. You trusted the promises of God when he said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You leaned on that promise and you got back up and it says here that though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. Why? Because God Almighty has entrusted our eternal souls to his own care and keeping. I am so glad for that. I, I, I remember the days, the, the early days of salvation. I remember the pastor asking, if you're not sure you're saved, raise your hand. And Brother Swaffer, I, I trusted Christ, but boy, those early, yeah. I, why? Because sin was still a problem. Sin was still a problem. I've said this so many times. 
probably get sick of hearing it. In our state, we still have to deal with sin. But our standing before God is perfect. It's sinless because God sees us through the blood of Christ. To God be the glory. He is able to keep you from falling. This is the, the, by the way, he was able to keep the apostates from falling, but they never trusted him. They never trusted him. And so they fall. They're our example of falling. You know what God says? That's not you. Preservation. Preservation makes Jude say, Amen. Amen. All right. 